You know, Scotty, mm-hmm. you managed to commit just a, a new atrocity every week on the show, but the the last one you did may have been the worst. It's really it really got to me, man. Mm-hmm. Yes, Megan Danger. You see, for you, the day my Billeth Joel Weird Al Yankovic cover of Piano Man graced this fair podcast was the most important day in your life. I, I mean, but I for me, it was fun fiction. Who was that by <laughs> the end? <laughs> it was Tim Curry if Tim Curry got sick. <laughs> so welcome to Fun Fiction, the show where two idiots ruin that thing you like. And I see you came prepared to listen to a madman, but instead found a god, Scotty Moore. And... Of course, I'm Megan Danger. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm profoundly broken as a human being because last week we watched Oscar nominated film Mad Max Fury Road. And I have thought about it not once since we've done that episode. (laughs) I have thought every day about Street Fighter the movie and it has changed me as a person. <laughs> it makes me think of that one what's it that Adam Driver meme from Marriage Story where it's like every day whatever like where you yeah. cry every day I wake up and think about Street Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, because last week I know I was like, yeah, we'll probably talk about the movie and then like the video games and stuff. No, it just the movie <laughs> It can only be just the movie this week because I adore it so much. It is not on the same level because I have like a childlike love of it, but it is on the same level cheese wise as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of the Ooze. And so that means it is very <laughs> good for me. It's so, God, I saw it when I was, I first watched it when I was a little kid, and so I had, like, no context, and it was just like, things are happening. (laughs) And as an adult, I was like, oh, this is deranged, I love it. It's so bad, and it's very good at the exact same time. Um, Apparently, part of the contract that Capcom signed when making this movie said, um, I can't remember what the most recent Street Fighter at the time was, but they said every single character in this video game has to be in your movie, which meant that at some point they were just like, fuck it, I guess Balrog's a cameraman now. So it's just any any random dude. It's like, yes, my name is. Oh fuck! Now I can't think of his name. I am world famous scientist Dalsim. <laughs> I'm I'm the what's this? God, what the fuck? This now I'm struggling. Vega, Vega. God, his name is Vega. Christ, my name is Vega. I am in the movie for two minutes. <laughs> I am Vega. I am here to be attractive and have Wolverine claws. Yep. Oh, God, that's right. Wes Studi's in this movie, too. It's a sagat. There are so many people in this. Like, there's so many people who are better than this movie <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> 
Are you referring to the man who this film is dedicated to, Raul Julia? I mean, yeah, we, we can't not talk about Raul Julia, um, who, if people aren't familiar with this, he, he's uh, more widely known as the only Gomez Adams that matters. Yes. Um, Raul Julia, like everybody knew this was not going to be good. Like this is very like Super Mario Brothers, the movie, which mm-hmm. is very much like Teenage Ninja Turtles. Like this is that thing where it's like Teenage or Super Mario Brothers, the movie is very important to me personally in the way that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is to you. Yeah. But this is these these are all movies of the same genus. Uh, but yeah, it, it was like that in that they're like, I don't know how to make a fucking movie out of a game. What's you know, just yeah. throw some cocaine at the wall and see what happens. And what happens is all the cocaine landed on Jean Claude Van Damme. <laughs> um, also, apparently, they went to multiple movie studios, all of which were like, "No, I'm not doing this." <laughs> And so the final studio, which was Paramount, I believe, no, Universal, that they brought it to, they brought in the guy who wrote, like, Die Hard, and um, it was some Schwarzenegger film as well, but just a dude who did a bunch of- I think so. I think it might have been that guy. No, Stephen E. D'Souza was his name. okay. He wrote Die Hard, Commando, Judge Dredd, and so he was like, I'll do it, but you have to let me to- you have to let me direct the film, which is never- a positive good thing to do nope <laughs> um but he apparently capcom went in talked to them and they were he was like yeah i just kind of want to make it like gi joe so that way we could like sell toys and stuff and capcom <laughs> said yes <laughs> yes you want to know the most recent hang on let me make sure it's director oh Yeah, okay, no, he hasn't directed since, like, 2008. He directed Street Fighter, then some movie called... Then two TV movies. The last movie that he he wrote for and executive produced is called... It's an animated film called Gotta Catch Santa Claus. (laughs) (laughs) All right, should we just do the whole film? Because I feel like this is a plot... We don't have a name for it, but this has got to be one of those ones where we're just going to go through this whole ass movie, Uh, I think. A flubber and an airbud, as it were. Yes. Uh, A full Morbius is what this (laughs) one's doing. Uh, So... In the Southeast Asian nation of Shadaloo, civil war has erupted between the forces of drug lord turned army general M. Bison and the allied nation led by Colonel William F. Guile. A true American hero, a very American man. He has an American flag tattooed on his arms. And he's played by the most French human being on the planet. Hey, excuse you, the most Belgian human being on the planet. He is very Belgian. My favorite scene is when he's doing the speech to, like, rally the troops. I know I'm going to be doing that thing where I make a skip around. And he's saying Mm -hmm. the thing of, like, or... We can all go home. Well, I don't want to go home. I'm just like, I feel like his accent is just clawing its way out of him. Like, not that he makes any attempt to dump his accent, but that it just gets even stronger at parts. Uh, the quote, I have it here. I'm not going home. I'm going to get on my boat, and I'm going upriver, and I'm going to kick that son of bitch bison's ass so hard that the next bison wannabe is gonna feel it. I, lo- I Here's the thing. Like, I love Jean-Claude Van Damme. Uh, 
and and then he got self-aware which was even better jcvd is a great fucking movie Mm-hmm. Oh, this movie—it's just so fucking silly. And again, he was just off the shits on cocaine the whole time. Like I know we say that sometimes as a goof, but this was a real legitimate issue. <laughs> I believe the director did come out and just straight up be like, "Hey guys, by the way, he was on so much coke throughout this entire movie." Uh, Bison has captured several, uh, several AN relief workers, and via a live two-way radio bot- broadcast, he demands Guile secure. Uh, pro- <laughs> the M- Would you not listen to the M. Bison podcast? Colonel Guile, you are in a lot of danger, as is your sleep schedule if you do not get a <laughs> lovely mattress from Sleep Duck. <laughs> the day you first tried Blue Apron may have been the most important day of your life. For me, it was only Tuesday. <laughs> you, if you put in code M Bison, you get 50, 50% off of your bison dollars, which will become the main currency used in the world when I kidnap the queen. <laughs> Raul Julia was dying of cancer. He knew he was dying of cancer. This was not like something he discovered later. He knew this was going to be it. And he put his whole pussy into this movie. (laughs) (laughs) He is my favorite villain ever because he is so fucking stupid. (laughs) Like what Megan just said, word for word, I'm going to kidnap the queen. And now my money will be worth five euros. It's literally his plan. It's so good. Which is weirder because he's demanding a $20 billion ransom. So just give him a hundred billion bison bucks. <laughs> and it was such like a Dr. Evil moment of the film when he's just like, I want to take over the world. And also, if you could throw me 20 billion smackaroos, I'll see what I can do about letting these people go. Uh, Guile refuses to pay his money because he is a true American who has never called out to any terrorist. And he vows to track Bison down and put him on trial for his crimes. But his assistant, Cammy, who is just there to be British, <laughs> that's it. Uh, she is only partially able to pinpoint Bison's location to the River Delta region outside the city. One of his hostages is Guile's friend, Carlos Blanca. (laughs) Yeah. There were multiple moments where I was just like, yeah, sure, why the fuck not? M. Bison is your... (laughs) Or not M. Bison. uh, Fucking E. Honda is gonna be working your camera. Why not? But the moment he was like, ah, yes, it is you, Carlos Charlie Blanca. (laughs) Like, okay, well, I know what's about to happen to him. (laughs) He's not long for this world. Yeah, well, no, he is, but he is going to be an absolute abomination when he is. (laughs) Bring me the best rubber special effects the 90s have to offer. Put him in that machine from the first Spy Kids movie. (laughs) Let me just Play-Doh with his face a bit. Uh, Bison orders he gets taken to his lab for his captive doctor and scientist Dalsim to turn into one of his super soldiers. Who, at the end of the movie, 
apropos of nothing, suddenly looks like Dalsim, the character from the game. You're describing every character. <laughs> like, like, okay, my favorite in the whole movie is, in fact, Zangief, who is just like his sidekick, and he offers the only two actually genuinely funny moments in this film oh, he for has me. The, he has one of the, he has what I think is the best non-M. Bison line in the whole movie. <laughs> Which one? Because there's two very good ones. Uh... At one point, him and some other guys are watching a news feed. And And, uh, they see a truck headed for the tent that they're all standing in (laughs) to try to save them. He looks at the TV and he yells, quick, change the channel. (laughs) Uh, That was good. And then at the end of the movie, one of the other sidekicks is like running away and is just like, I only stayed here because I got paid. And Zangief just looks down and looks up, and this is his baby face turn of the movie. <laughs> he just goes, you got paid? <laughs> and then he removes his, like, bison gear, and he's just wearing the full brown diaper <laughs> that, about that. that the main Zangief is known for. Uh, let's see. So then it says, though Charlie is severely disfigured, okay, is Blanca is severely disfigured. Dalsim secretly alters his cerebral programming to maintain his uh, humanity. Now, Megan, would you like to describe what this cerebral programming is? I, I don't. I don't oh, do you not remember this? I don't. I did so, not watch the movie as recently as you did. I've just seen it a dozen times. So to. Make him a murderous killing machine. A, they just kind of rev him up on bison steroids. I remember that. (laughs) But then to make him only want to kill, they just put VR goggles in front of his face. Right, they make him, they just put him in the virtual boy. And on the virtual boy, it's showing like pictures of war. Yeah, how did I forget this? Christ. Yeah. They they plug him into a virtual boy that just shows him bad things. Yes. And in order to stop him and retain his humanity, he just changes it to like videos of puppies. <laughs> I must save his life. Show him our wedding video. <laughs> Just turn the dial from war crimes to, like, YouTube videos of people experiencing puppies. (laughs) (laughs) That Vanity Fair, I think, is video where it's like, Keanu Reeves does an interview while playing with puppies. I must save him. (laughs) So now, on to the heroes of the film. Kind of. American con artists Ryu Hoshi and Ken Masters attempt to swindle arms dealer Victor Sagat. They just put in names where they fit at this point, I think. They were just like, fuck it, names. (laughs) Yeah, by providing him with fake rep weaponry, Sagat sees through the ruse and has Ryu fight his cage champion, Vega. (laughs) Vega's uh, just a random sexy man. Yeah, I, I, he's kind of Vega's pretty accurate to the move or to the games. Uh, Ryu and Ken, 
not fucking at all. Absolutely. <laughs> Ken Masters is the most 90s ass human being I have ever seen in my entire life in this movie. <laughs> uh, but right before they can them. begin to fight, like literally the whole crowd's like 10, 9, <laughs> 8. When it hits one, Guile just drives a tank through the whole ass arena and blows everything up. <laughs> Why? A curfew, I guess. I don't really know if they ever explained why there was a curfew, but there was one. I don't one. know. They're, they're at war. Reasons. <laughs> uh, then they got, uh, Ryu and Ken get arrested by Guile, but Guile sees them fighting the bad guys and is just like, Ah, they are just two pure-blooded American men like me. I enjoy these gentle sirs. I think you're making it Russian now. It's, it's, I am also Zangief, is the situation. He's <laughs> my favorite fucking character. Uh, so he strikes a deal with the two Americanos, just like he is, uh, to basically <laughs> we help. We all three, you see, now you got me doing Russian. <laughs> we are all three fancy American men going out on the town. <laughs> After we defeat M. Bison, do you want to get a good New York slice? Get cheese the burger <laughs> with me. Get cheese the burger. Get the McDonald's. <laughs> so he recruits them to try to take out Bison because Sagat is the person who gives M. Bison his arms. Uh, he only used to have to pick up with his, his things with his feet beforehand. You get it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> His arms <laughs> supplier. <laughs> Fuck. Anyways. Right. <laughs> uh, they give a homing device. They get a homing device. And then they just fucking shoot Guile in the stomach. And I legitimately freaked out when I watched it. <laughs> because the film had not properly set up that they were going to do a double cross. <laughs> So I was like, they just fucking killed Guile. They just <laughs> killed Guile the first 30 minutes. I thought he was like the guy in this movie. No, oh, come on now. You can't, you can't kill Jean-Claude Van Damme like that. You can't kill the first man listed on the cast list on Wikipedia.com. <laughs> uh, so they fake shoot him. And then Chun-Li, you know, famed news reporter <laughs> Chun-Li. <laughs> Uh, who has a big grudge against Bison because he killed her dad on a random Thursday to him. <laughs> I love this fucking list. And her camera crew, former sumo wrestler E. Honda and a boxer Balrog. Because why are, not? <laughs> yeah, who uh, they stumble across the plan. They find the dead body of Guile, who just kind of like... He's real willing to give up the ghost that quickly, I'm just realizing, is <laughs> she comes in, lifts up the sheet, and is like, oh no, he died. Puts it back down. And then he just rises up like, I guess I have been caught. I am sorry, pretty lady. I, I will let you in on this entire mission. Uh, Chen Li is played by... Big Na Wen, who is also too good for this. Uh, you may recall her as Mulan and more recently Fennec Shand, uh, gay icon alongside Boba Fett, also gay icon. They're, they're both, oh, yeah. That's the one thing I got out of the book of Boba Fett 
is it's it's that MLM W WLW solidarity. Whenever I see those, I always want to go mlum and solidarity. And here she's Chun Li, and you know what? She's fucking doing her best <laughs> every almost everybody in this movie is doing their best you know who's not william f guile of the united <laughs> states army <laughs> pardon me chun lee when will my reflection show that i am american man that i am inside it's a french accent scotty i believe you could do this <laughs> bonjour i am french <laughs> so then M. Bison inducts Ryu and Ken, and the way he does it is, Hello, gentlemen. I see that you're not wearing your proper video game clothes. <laughs> Let me give them to you. Yep. Let me dress you in the appropriate karate geese. <laughs> here, here. This is what my army wears. You know the army that's not worn this throughout the entire film? Here you go. Take these geese that look exactly video game accurate. <laughs> So he gets uh, Honda and Balrog, they get imprisoned, and Chun-Li is taken to his quarters for probably one of the best scenes, where he, genuinely one of the best scenes, not the actual best scene, which is some stupid bullshit that's coming up in a few minutes. <laughs> uh, Ryu and Ken break out Balrog and Honda, and then they rush to confront Bison, who is fighting Chun-Li. Which, by the way, that was a badass scene, because he's just like, Haha, I am not afraid of you. You're a girl. I have not seen you throw a punch. Now I am also... In your version of Street Fighter, everyone is Zanjeev. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, But he's like, "Ah, you cannot fight. You have not thrown a punch since you've entered my chambers. At which point she's like... Yeah, there was a reason for that, Chief. Bam! And then she starts beating the shit out of him. Is an inch away from killing him. And that is the only bad decision this film made where I was actually actively upset. Every other bad decision, I was kind of rooting for them. I was like, yeah, you fuck this up as hard as you can. But I really do wish Chun-Li had gotten an actual chance for revenge. And did not just become pretty Asian lady at the end of it. Yeah, it would have been nice if she'd got to kill him and then just didn't have to wear her very racist outfit. Boy, (laughs) (laughs) when Ryu and Ken got into theirs, I'm like, okay, that's weird, but whatever. And then Chun-Li got into hers and I was like... Wow, that's real fucking racist, huh? Isn't it? Yeah, it don't translate well. They they tried to make another Street Fighter movie at some point in like the mid two thousands. It's very bad. Uh, Michael Clark Duncan's in it. The uh, Legend of Chun Li. Yep. Yeah. It is the most generic, lifeless. Like, I'm sorry. Neil McDonough as M. Bison? Yeah. Paul Blart, Mall Cop 2's Neil McDonough? Like, that M. Bison's just a guy. He's not, like, a psychotic warlord. He's just a dude. Um, Also, member of the Black Eyed Peas Taboo as Vega. Yeah, I don't remember anything about it. It's, It's the most boring fucking movie. Like, that's the thing. This movie may suck, but it's fucking entertaining as hell. Legend of Chun-Li is like taking Ambien. Mm-hmm. It kept my attention the entire way through. Um, let's see. So, yes, yeah, she almost kills him. He escapes and then just gasses all of them because he's just like, this may be my bedroom. 
but also gas <laughs> anytime I want. This is also the poison gas room. I'm in bison. I'm kind of a freak like that. <laughs> I'm kind of a freak. And by <laughs> the fucking it's always sunny boat sink scene. <laughs> The women never say no to Imbicid because of the implication. Cut to a giant button on the wall that says gas. <laughs> uh, let's see. At the base, Dalsim, his, his whole plan to show kitty videos to Blanca gets discovered. By, it is so good because then fucking uh, Bison finds out and he's just like, were you showing cat videos to my super soldier? Were you using the murder virtual boy for nefarious purposes? <laughs> The exact opposite of nefarious purposes. Well, see, it's nefarious for M. Bison. It's like how when the Joker has crazy fries, they're just normal fries. They're normal. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, at one point, the British, the leader of Britain, I guess, <laughs> the King of England shows up and he tells Guile that, look, we've got $20 billion. We're done. It's all right. <laughs> Which point Guile is like... Do you want to go home and see your family? <laughs> or do you want to do you want to go and kill M. Bison like the good American men that you are? <laughs> I almost turned into Shrek. <laughs> I am going to kick that wannabe bison's ace. M. Bison, get out of my soul. <laughs> My name is Jean-Claude Van Damme, it is. I'm gonna die. So Blanca gets released, and uh, he's just kind of like, yeah, I'll kill good people because someone showed me a bunch of cat videos. Uh, Guile sneaks in, and then he sees... He's... Okay. <laughs> he sees one... According to the film, his best friend... Who has been turned into this big green monster with long hair, but also he's very docile, I get like he's clearly not gone mad or anything. He's just kind of stupid and hulky now. At which point Jean-Claude Van Damme is like, it is okay. I will put you out of your misery. And then just <laughs> almost shoots him in the skull. <laughs> I don't even know how the fuck he recognized that that was Blanca. Yeah. Oh, shit. This uh, this totally skipped over my favorite scene in the entire movie, which is how they planned their assault on the base. And it's that they were going to have many ships go around, like, the main entrance, I believe, yep. to distract guards. Yep. And then they were going to use a disguise boat, <laughs> which is the only way I can describe it. <laughs> To sneak around back, and this boat will be under heavy cloaking, so you won't be able to see it. Mm -hmm. Cut to M. Bison looking at footage of where you can clearly see jets of water <laughs> shooting behind this fucking boat. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just cropped out V and <laughs> water shooting behind it which broke <sighs> me 
But then breaking me even further was when <laughs> Bison was like, I will defeat him with my mortars. And then pulls off this like cape to reveal literally the buttons for Street Fighter 2. <laughs> it's it's yeah. got a joystick and he prepares, he handles this button mashing with all of the energy of like your nine-year-old cousin who's fighting you in Street Fighter for the first time. He's just mashing the shit out of these buttons and shooting this Inviso boat down. God bless Raul Julius. He does so good in this fucking movie, dude. It's insane. Uh, let's see. Uh, he almost yeah, he almost kills his best friend because he's a little green now. <laughs> uh, oh, this was great. Bison prepares to kill the hostages by unleashing Charlie. Quit calling him Charlie Wikipedia. He's fucking Blanca. Uh, and he has this tube that is supposed to like come up with Blanca in it and then reveal Blanca to the world. But because he's already escaped, your favorite American and mine came up with a clever plan, which is to hide in it. And then as soon as it opens, kick the shit out of him, Bison. <laughs> Oh, like, it is I who was in the tube. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am Guile. We, we, I, we got, what, what, why can't we do this? Bonjour, mon ami. It is I, Guile, the American. <laughs> Bonjour from America, motherfucker. <laughs> and he doesn't even get like a badass scene of like the door opens and he says something witty. The door opens and then it's just a smash cut to him. Jumping in the air and kicking Just him Bison in the face. Doing his special little Jean-Claude Van Damme kicks. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's see. Uh, he fights off all of the guards. After Bison makes it clear that he will not surrender peacefully, Guile orders his allies to rescue the hostages, and he engages Bison in a personal duel. Because one of Bison's like first lines when he finds out that uh, he finds out that Guile died is he's like. I wanted to face him on the battlefield. Nope, I'm still Russian shit. <laughs> what? It, it, I don't, I'm trying to think. Does Raul Julia do like a, it's not quite an accent. It's just a very pronounced way of speaking. Yeah, he's like, I was hoping to face Kyle personally. <laughs> Kyle! <laughs> Hello, I am Kyle. <laughs> Everyone's favorite Street Fighter character. <laughs> Kyle. Oh, I wanted to face him personally on the battlefield. One gentleman warrior to another in respectful combat. Then I would snap his spine. So that's kind of... And I did appreciate the way they did this because they made him fight on, like, rafters. So that way they did kind of have to street fighter it. They had to go on a 2D plane to fight, which I thought was very fun. Until he almost he he kills him like he fucking kills him Bison. He sure do. <laughs> and then gets on the phone and is like, "Hello, I have done it. I killed the bad man. Can we go <laughs> back to America for a cheeseburger now?" And in the background, the whole time you just see M Bison's, I guess Darth Vader suit. <laughs> try to resuscitate him and electrocute him and then when he does he stands up and then apropos of nothing just electrocutes him like Emperor Palpatine he just has powers now 
it's the ultimate like aha you have not even seen my final <laughs> form in movie format it's very anime yeah um and then he's just like ah you see i'm going to use the power of electromagnets to be able to fly and then he just hits a bunch of flying fucking lariats big clotheslines to the skull it's so it fucking rules it it's so insane uh there are uh three wrestle uh wrestling is everything's of this movie one, one of my favorite wrestling promos of all time that happened recently does have the guy quote M. Bison in it. He says um, it, he was talking about like uh, the guy he was fighting took a picture of him when he was a fan. And he's like, for you, the day you took that picture was the most important day of your life. For me, it was just a Friday. And the whole crowd was like, oh, you did M. Bison. <laughs> uh, second second one, another M. Bison quote. Uh, Kenny Omega, one time when he was a bad guy, quoted the thing he says during this scene, which is, I see you came fi- expecting to fight a madman, but instead found a god. <laughs> yeah, most of M. Bison's dialogue translates pretty well to wrestling. Third one. And this one's the weirdest one, and it's more just Jean-Claude Van Damme in general. There is a wrestler who just is Jean-Claude Van Damme. His name is Rob Van Damme, RVD, WWE Hall of Famer, and he does a whole lot of kicks and splits and Jean-Claude Van Damme shit. And the guy who gave him his name was like, you look kind of like Jean-Claude Van Damme. Close we're enough. Gonna, <laughs> we're going to call you Rob Van Damme now. Jesus. Uh, let's see. Uh, as Guile and Bison fight, Ryu and Ken defeat Sagat and Vega because they had to fight. And they tried to do the moves. They didn't do them well, but like he tried for a Hadouken, Ken tried a Shiryuken in there. Um, apparently, from what I was reading uh, or what I was when I was watching the What Happened video on Street Fighter, the movie, the game, none of these people knew how to fight no. except for Jean-Claude Van Damme. And so when they got them in to do filming for the video game, they were like, it took hours because these people don't know how to throw a fucking punch to save their lives yeah no none of them well i guess ming Na wen had martial arts background yeah, uh, yeah yeah but yeah her her and jean claude van damme i'm pretty sure were the only ones um yeah who had been trained who were like tr- either previously you know trained and had a background in in kick punching uh mm-hmm. or you know if you're jean claude van damme just kick kicking Bison's bodyguard, Sengif, engages Honda in a fight, which was honestly, for me, the best fight of the entire ending of the film. I was just like, yeah, two big men slapping meat, baby, let's go. And during this fight, his, like, Hawaiian shirt he's wearing gets ripped, so it hangs down, and then his eye gets bloodied, so he looks like E. Honda by the end of the movie. It was obnoxious how bad they tried <laughs> to get these people into their accurate costumes in this film. That's why the, the Dulcine one gets me so much, because everyone else, like, yes, it's it's so blatant, it's so ridiculous, like, even to the point where it's like, here, take these uniforms, or I'm gonna rip this off, and now I've got this underneath, or whatever, like, dumb shit. He just shows up, and he just looks like <laughs> the guy now. It's like, I'm bald yeah. now. 
wasn't before. <laughs> Deal with it. Uh, he fights him until he learns from DJ, who is another sidekick that was just there because he had the same name as a character from the video game. He learns that Bison was the true enemy and has a baby face turn because DJ is just full out like, yeah, this dude fucking sucks. <laughs> He thinks you could capture the Queen of England and just change how currency works. Oh yeah, that guy. Forgot. He's the he's the voodoo man from the Scooby-Doo mo- live action movie. Oh my god, is he? Yeah. Oh shit, that's very very good. Uh let's see. Gail, oh wait, no. I've already talked about how he learns how to fly. <laughs> As he moves to deal the death blow, Guile counters by just kicking the shit out of Bison and forcing him to fly backwards, apparently killing him and overloading the base's superconducting energy storage system. The hostages are rescued, but Guy, Guy, Kyle stays behind <laughs> to try to convince Dulcim and Charlie to return, at which point they're like, no, he's a monster. And I did this to him, so we both should probably (laughs) die at this point. He's a monster. I'm bald now. (laughs) (laughs) And then everyone's like, oh, no, Kyle. Kyle's Kyle's dead. dead. (laughs) And then he just shows up and is like, hello, can I get interview Chun-Li lady? But when I do, I need you to be wearing this sexy American dress. (laughs) <laughs> i hate this thing you're doing <laughs> and then fucking zankeef does his like his m bison taunt which is just to put his thumb to the side and then kyle's like no american way Thumb thumbs up, up. <laughs> <laughs> that's how we do it in america <laughs> This is how America goes. And then the post credit, I was like, okay, there's no way there's a post credit scene. It's the 90s. No, there was one apparently, and I stopped too early. And it may be the most ill advised post credit scene in the history of cinema. Because the seemingly dead M. Bison gets revived Mm -hmm. and attempts to reattempt world conquest, which was probably real problematic (laughs) with the guy who just died of cancer. Yeah, I mean, that's the weirdest thing is like, they knew, everyone knew (laughs) he had his family on set with him because they they knew he wasn't going to be, you know, they didn't have a whole lot of time with him, which begs the question of why he was doing fucking movies. But so, like, <laughs> it's just a really weird choice where, like, we know, we know with 100% certainty, unfortunately, we are not going to be getting this actor again. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, apparently it was omitted from the theatrical release out of deference to Raul Julia. So they were like, this mm, is fucked mm-hmm. up. Don't put it in the movie. <laughs> but then when the DVD came out, they were like, we got to get people a reason to look, turn into this DVD. Hey, we resurrected Raul Julia. Guys, check it out. Oh, God. So that was Street Fighter the movie. God, bud. <laughs> it's just <laughs> really not good. No, but it's but it also is fucking awesome. Um, so I had a I, my initial idea and I did not write it because I realized I had something in the tank that I have to get out soon is uh, I wanted to make a film that's just 
like a uh, like the Expendables, you know, where they gather a group of these action heroes together to go fight someone. Mm-hmm. And I wanted it to be called American Heroes, and it was going to be uh, Doctor Stephen Strange. <laughs> it's going to be Guile. It's going to be Venom. <laughs> And then all of them getting together to fight. And I didn't know who I would get for this, but I wanted it to be the villain to be an American actor who's really bad at German accents. Oh, wait, then, Liam Neeson should also be on the, the team. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Liam Neeson's on there. Playing Hugh, I have no fucking idea, but... Uh, Hugh, Hugh Laurie? Well, no, his is good. He's got a really yeah, good no, American Hugh accent. Hugh Laurie could dump his accent real fucking well. I remember... Uh, I, w- I watched House a ton in college, and there were people that I was watching it with who had, like, they were shocked. They were like, wait, that's a British dude? Which I think is is legit. Um, okay, so an American dude who can't do a foreign accent, oh. but frequently does one. Oh, I wouldn't say free. Oh, man. Or at Keanu- least has been for. Oh, yeah. Keanu Reeves is a great example. They made him try to be Jonathan Harker in Dracula. He was yeah. in Much Ado About Nothing, which was great because you had all these people being British and you had uh, Denzel Washington, who was not being British, but has the fucking gravitas. And then you just had uh-huh. like, I do not have to say for why that I am, you know, <laughs> I will not a smile like doth cross my face. Man, oh, but he shit. was really Don, hot, so it was fine. Don Cheadle from the Oceans trilogy. He, I forgot how bad his accents oh, were. This is awful. I know he's. I think he said that he had like zero like prep time because I think it was supposed to be a different actor, and he got thrown oh, yeah. in at the last minute. But woof. Honestly, <laughs> bring the Robo Don Cheadle from Space Jam: A New Legacy energy, <laughs> but and make that's him have to vi- be British. <laughs> Now, there is one American actor who I did want in here as a good guy, and it is Nick Cage, but exclusively doing his accent from, what was it, Con Air? (laughs) He's just so Southern. (laughs) Fun fact, he came to my hometown to study Southern accents. Because he was supposed to be from Alabama. Yeah, the character is supposed to be Alabama. We found, uh, during one of our old episodes of a load of bs we found an article written where uh he came to a waffle house in my hometown and they were just like yeah i came and i went and sat down across from that old nick cage and i said mr cage i was the biggest baby ever born in calhoun county i nice to meet you and then (laughs) nick was like you gotta sit down and teach me let's go but uh, i did not write that one out so uh what what did you i knew you had some ideas yeah, I I didn't bring anything to the table today. <laughs> Surprise a move surprising no one, I'm sure. Although I feel like I've had things. I don't know. I was on a, a pretty decent streak, but in tribute to Jean Claude Van Damme, you also brought no energy to this movie. Yes, I'm. I in an homage to Jean Claude Van Damme. Instead of doing my job, I did a bunch of cocaine and then came and brought nothing. <laughs> uh, no, I um. Because, as you said, this movie was cast in the most bizarre, haphazard fashion, and the characters just kind of share names with with the things, and it means nothing. Um, And then this crossed with, uh, the other day, I was on some social media, I don't remember which one, probably Tumblr, and... uh, Someone shared this these old pictures 
of some fucking shitty early 2000s like teen magazine where they were like casting Naruto for live action like here's our picks mm-hmm. Naruto Dylan Sprouse <laughs> <laughs> Sakura um Justin Long <laughs> no, Sa- Sakura was uh oh god the the sidekick Jeanette McCurdy from iCarly uh, oh God! And Sasuke was some kid I don't even know from Hannah Montana. Good <laughs> God, that's the worst. Yeah, and then uh, Kakashi was Jim from The Office. Oh, I hate that! I hate that <laughs> so much. This was published in a magazine, and, and there were little paragraphs trying to justify their choices. And I, and, you know, that makes me think of like all just there was so much bad because it was when anime was really having its like boom and so there were actually a lot of these fucking articles where it was like oh forever gonna make a live action anime movie and the casting was always just just the fucking worst and so i kind of wanted to like bring that energy and recast the street fighter movie oh hell yes let's go (laughs) i'm trying to hold on i am gonna go to my cast which is the website where they just kind of let people cast whatever you want throughout everything um Oh, wow. M. Bison, they just still have Raul Julia. They're like, no one else. It can be no one else except Raul Julia as M. Bison. So the question is, if you do M. Bison, do you do you go big or do you do like Legend of Chun-Li and you just cast a guy? Just just a man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Wow. He's the only person that they've tried to recast in street. Surely there's another one of these. They've got Vega portrayed by Antonio Banderas. I mean, maybe in the 90s. Oh, here we go. The Street Fighter Cinematic Universe. Oh, God. Portraying Guile. We have your friend in mine. Jonathan Felix Anthony Cena. (laughs) Uh, It would be better than Jean-Claude Van Damme is the thing. Maybe it would. <laughs> it would be a step up. Yeah, no, no. I, I'm talking like... Uh, yeah, some of these are just good Ch- decisions. Channing Tatum. Oh, yeah, that's one. <laughs> Terry Cruz for Balrog. I hate it. Yeah. I hate it so much. I, I hate oh, that a lot. Dude, I forgot about T-Hawk in this movie, a.k.a. a character that's just a random guy until he puts on a bandana and is like, by the way, I'm Native American and my name is T-Hawk. Yeah. Okay, there's just a lot of wrestlers on here for some reason. Alex, who is a later character, portrayed by Kenny Omega. And I do think that is because Kenny Omega inspired that character in real life. Who's the well, worst Ryu? Cheating. That's just cheating. All right, all right, okay. Bad Ryu. Chris Pratt. Okay. <laughs> Bad Ken. Also so Chris, Chris Pratt. Pratt. <laughs> Neil, no, Neil Patrick Harris is Ken Masters. <laughs> You know, I guess he did. He did. He punch people in the new Matrix movie. He may have done some punching. Mm-mm. Oh, God. Michael C. Hall as Ken Masters. That doesn't even. OK, see, that's that's just weird casting. I don't think Dexter ain't even in movies anymore. <laughs> I'm talking about people that are 
popular and yet a horrible choice. Um, God, yeah, no, I'm looking at all of the uh, the potential guiles, and they are just handsome man with strong jaw, except for Paul Bettany. Who put Paul Bettany on here? Yeah, no, Paul Bettany's like, oh, a he's British. Uh, B. Is that a problem with this American hero? What is pizza if not America persevering? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, my brain broke and it 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 it, it didn't. Well, I was going to say a thing and it wouldn't have made any fucking sense. Uh, utter it. <laughs> utter the oh, phrase. No, no, because I was thinking like he, you know, he's such a like sallow like pale like sickly looking man as he's kind of ghostly looking and then my brain was just like you know he's like the gray ghost you know you're a, right that a, is a, a, nothing a weimer a weimariner <laughs> <laughs> that's nothing that's nothing i have a migraine i'm so sorry <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Nicholas Cage is M. Bison. Dwayne Honestly, Johnson is M. Bison. That doesn't no. He could never like, okay, you you and I both know the rock could never convince like and this is so funny because I know where he started in wrestling. The rock could never convincingly play a villain. Yeah. It's weird how that's happened. <laughs> Carl Urban for M. Bison is a choice, but I'm kinda into it. Hate it. Honestly, I'd like to see Carl, even though this makes no sense. I'd like to see Carl Urban as Zangief. That would be a good one, too. Josh Brolin is one of the top M. Bisons. And yeah, he wouldn't be the level of Raul Julia. He would not be that, but no. like he would he would be more of the I'm going to cast just cast a man. Like he's a very yeah. competent man, but that would just be here's 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 the man, M. Bison. Here is the jaw man. This is the jaw man who's what is bad is who this is. Boy, a lot of votes for Margot Robbie or Samara Weaving as Cammy. I thought you were going to say Chun-Li and that I was going to be real upset. <laughs> <laughs> and for Chun-Li, Tom Holland. <laughs> and as Chun-Li, Emma Stone. <laughs> oh my God. See, you, la you laugh. She played a Hawaiian character. In a in a movie, I can't think of the name of the movie. I think it had like Bradley Cooper or something, but her character was Hawaiian. God, I hate that. It's almost as bad as every single ethnicity Rob Schneider's been forced to play in Adam Sandler movies. Oh boy, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is my black friend Rob <laughs> Schneider. <laughs> All right, well, you know this is a this is a bad adaptation of a movie. In the la or the bad adaptation of a video game into a movie. And the last time we did this was, of course, Super Mario Brothers, where I had written a fanfic that I uh, was not able to read all of because I went so hard in the paint that I wrote 10 pages and had to break it into half. And even then, it wasn't done. And it's still not done, but the other half was six pages long, so I'm gonna have to just break it up further if we ever do another bad movie adaptation of a video game. <laughs> we ever do anything related to video games and 90s film adaptations, so I guess if people want context for this thing that Scotty is about to do, you do have to go back and listen to our Super Mario Brothers episode so you can hear the, the uh, part one of the epic tale of Mario and Co. 
The Mario Odyssey is its name at this point. Oh, I um, fucking hate you. <laughs> I, well, just to give a brief reca- recap, because I feel like no, it no, will you confuse. said it right the first time. <laughs> um, it is a '90s, much like Street Fighter, a '90s action movie featuring Mario, who used to work for the U.S. Navy, and he's back for one last one last run. And he's uh, voiced by Charles Martinet, so he is, of course, Mario. Donkey Kong is in it, and he's voiced by the Macho Man Randy Savage. Uh, Barack. Not Barack, Saddam Bowser Hussein is voiced by Christoph Waltz. I don't think he's in this one. Princess Peach is John Mulaney. (laughs) And in the last one, they brought Mario back in, and then uh, Mario got to Bowser's castle, and on level one, he had to defeat a piranha plant, which he did with the help of his brother, Luigi, voiced by Matthew McConaughey. And in a post credit scene, we discover that Bowser has done some horrible, uh, horrible experiments on Donkey Kong's son, Diddy, which has turned him into a hulking, ape-like beast. Oh, by the way, Donkey Kong's not a monkey in this movie. <laughs> he is a human man. Oh, isn't Bowser all... I can't remember. Is Bowser also a human man? Bowser is whatever you want to imagine Bowser is. It's <laughs> all he is. I think, I think you might be going just a little too German there. I'm a little too German. He's Austrian, but it's okay. Uh, he's not in this one, I don't think, so I'm safe. <laughs> I, I uh, am excited to see where the story is going, but I'm also very afraid. All right, well, we begin with uh, the reunion of Matthew McConaughey, Luigi, and Mario, voiced by Mario. Well, 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 little brother, we gotta find us a better way to do these little family reunions. I can't keep leaving film sets to rescue you and your little girlfriend every month. All right, all right, all right. How did you know I was here? Well, I was off in the woods doing some meditating with the monks and Navi, opening my third eye and all that, when suddenly I heard a voice saying, Hey, listen. Hey, listen. And I tried to ignore it, but the bitch was there in the back of my head. Hey, listen, over and over again. And, well, I'm not sure if it was the peyote or the power of the Navi, but I saw you here, baby brother, and I knew you needed help. So, called in a few favors, had a couple pipes rerouted, and here I am. Scotty. Mm-hmm. You know Luigi is the younger brother, correct? All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Mario is literally the little brother (laughs) well thanks for your help i suppose mario commented patting his brother on his shoulder before continuing on towards that long winding staircase in the center of the room wait hold on you're going up there luigi comments shaking his head in disapproval look baby brother i understand you got your whole princess rescuing business which by my measures appears to have a clientele of exactly one pink motherfucker but you gotta turn back if that was level one just imagine what your end boss is gonna look like you won't survive i I don't care I have to save her, Mario comments, rushing up the staircase when suddenly Luigi lands in front of him on the staircase. He was always better at jumping than Mario. Well, you know what? It's gonna be about six hours till those monks finally sober up from the peyote and realized I left their asses in the center of the woods, so how about an old-fashioned Mario Brothers adventure? Sounds like a turns-to-camera super idea. I hate it, Mario. <laughs> yeah, you and me both. 
<laughs> Mario comments, shoving Luigi out of the way and rushing up the staircase. I don't need your help. As Mario says this, some dude just fucking starts throwing his shit ton of hammers at him. <laughs> Luigi quickly makes the save, grabbing the hammer and tossing it back into the man's face, sending him careening down the staircase. You sure about that, bud? Luigi continues to insist with a smile as they climb the staircase together. Meanwhile, Princess Peach, voiced by John Mulaney, sits in an empty room, bars adorning the windows and cardboard making up the majority of the furniture surrounding her. She sits on her bed, sighing as she stares down at her crown. Being a princess was her everything, it was who she was, her whole life was built up for her to one day rule her kingdom, but now, would she give it all up? Would she sacrifice years of training and leadership simply to save Mario? Could she bring herself to leave it all behind for a simple life with an Italian plumber? Well, she wasn't sure. Uh, I believe because I, I think Bowser's threatening to kill Mario. It's a, it's a reverse situation. I don't fuck it. I can't remember. She looks up to see her bodyguard standing watch, making sure she didn't get out of line. Unfortunately, the two bumbling idiots were too busy focusing on what was at their feet. Another one of Bowser's genetic experiments gone awry, the size of a small dog, and yet Peach was positive she was staring at a dinosaur. The guard sat there, mocking this miracle of modern science when suddenly it had enough and nips at one of their heels. The guard responds by kicking the shit out of it, and it lands in the center of the room where it sits in front of Peach, looking just as much like an ASPCA commercial as you think it would. This this is just from Super Mario Brothers, the movie. <laughs> yeah, but I recast Yoshi. <clears throat> hey, don't worry about those guys. Princess Peach, <laughs> Mulaney comments, reaching into her purse and pulling out a small orange she had brought from home. <laughs> the creatures... <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. I brought this orange from home. <laughs> this is my orange. It's the only one I have. It's okay. You can take it. Suddenly, the small dinosaur opens its mouth and a massive tongue lurches out and surrounds the orange where it quickly ingests it. Well, you're a hungry little guy. You got a name, buddy? The dinosaur looks up sheepishly before nuzzling its head against Peach's leg. The princess smiles down at him before he opens his mouth and responds, Yoshi! Uh, oh! Um, so like, is that your name, or? <laughs> Yoshi! <laughs> Alright, uh, yeah, that's, that's fine. Yeah, I could, I could call you Yoshi, I guess. Yoshi! 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 With this series of screams that you- dying! <laughs> Uh, just a little Yoshi, you know. Uh. With this series of screams, the Yoshi holds its head up and Peach can see a bizarre look on its face. A look of agony. It rushes around the room, screaming its name over and over again. Yoshi! Yoshi! And Peach quickly began chasing after it as it jumped up and appeared to run in the air. She grabs it by the leg and holds it in a cradle position. Hey, you two calm down. <laughs> a guard voiced by Ray Romano, I guess, screams at the duo. Hey, come on, don't you have a heart? This little guy's hurting, she insists as Yoshi coughs up the peel of the orange that lands at the guard's feet. <laughs> I was drinking, goddamn. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
Did, did you feed that thing an orange? The guard's eyes grow wide as Peach nervously shakes her head yes. The guards quickly turn and attempt to run, clawing at the sealed door as Yoshi's cries for peace grow louder and louder but to no avail when suddenly... Out comes a small, assuming, unassuming egg. Hey, that's what you were worried about? Peach remarks. They had a baby! Good for you, buddy. Oh, shit. Okay, Yoshi. She <laughs> smiles as she picks up the egg and begins to cradle it in her arms. God, you're fucking nuts, lady. You got no idea what's about to come out of that thing. Just put it down and walk away. Fine. Peach sets the egg down on the bed before quietly sneaking a bushel of berries. <laughs> I don't know. She got a bushel of berries. A whole, a whole fucking bushel, huh? <laughs> to Yoshi, who immediately <laughs> gobbles them up. Peach smiles as she pets his head. Why don't we give those guys something really to be scared of, huh? Yoshi! Yoshi agrees and smiles before grunting, preparing to shit out just so many eggs. Meanwhile, back at the castle, Luigi and Mario continue to climb the treacherous staircase up to the next floor when suddenly the room begins to rumble and shake. The floor begins to give way beneath them as they hear four loud thuds come from the room above them. The staircase begins to fall away and crash into the earth below. The room becomes filled with debris as our heroes nearly fall to their dooms. Luigi! Mario screams as he grabs Luigi by the arm, saving him from unsure footing on a deteriorating rock. Unfortunately, before any clever quips could be shared, the entire floor gives way and the heroes fall back down to the earth below where they land in a heap. When the dust clears, they look up to discover a shattered staircase in front of them and no way to advance higher. Motherfucker! Mario, you know Mario from the games? He screams as he begins to frantically climb up the walls themselves, desperately trying to reach his princess when suddenly he feels a tap on his shoulder. Luigi, Luigi, Luigi pulls him around and directs him to four pillars that manage to fall in a perfect zigzag pattern leading to the top. Well, that seems a familiar. Seems like we gotta get climbing, buckaroo. <laughs> Luigi smiles as he and Mario rush towards those falling pillars and nervously begin to tentatively climb up it when suddenly they hear the sounds of crashing come from above them. They look up to discover barrels. Dozens of them all coming their way. For Luigi, this was just another obstacle to the top, but for Mario, it was the feeling of pure betrayal. As that barrel, which read Concor, came rushing his way, he leapt up, attempting to cross over tops of the barrels, but instead his leg got caught and he fell to the earth. Mario! <laughs> Luigi <laughs> screamed before, dra <laughs> before dragging Mario up on a nearby ladder, barely saving him from death by barrel. Come on, big man, we gotta come up with a plan. We got barrels coming every which way. As Luigi says this, even more barrels begin colliding with the pillars, breaking them apart. Hey, brother, what's our plan? What's next? This was the most nervous Mario had seen Luigi in a while. The peyote had ran out, <laughs> forcing our hero to grab his brother by the shoulders. Luigi, stop! Mario comments before grabbing a nearby piece of rebar, which had a massive black concrete slab at the end. A hammer time! Oh my god. 
With that, I uh, pa pause for groans. With that, the two Mario bros went back to their roots and grabbed those massive weapons and began blasting barrels out of the way left and right. They quickly climbed their way up those pillars, evading barrels and blasting debris out of their way with their massive hammers. Finally, they managed to summit the mountain and when they do, they discover the source of their enemy. Donkey Kong. Oh wait, D Kong. I forgot his name's not Donkey in this world. You set me up! Mario screams at his former ally. You son of a bitch! <laughs> That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> I trusted you! And no, Mario, don't! Mario drops the hammer and begins to furiously rush towards Kong when suddenly he's tackled out of the air by something heavy. It wasn't an animal, but not quite human either. It began to tear away at his skin, attempting to bite into his flesh, but Luigi quickly rushed over and gave a quick swing of his hammer and knocked the creature away into a brick wall. No, Luigi, stop! Kong cried as Luigi went to confront the beast while Mario shoves DK against a wall. No, you don't get her to speak! Mario screams in the face of his former friend. How dare you betray me! <laughs> he was gonna kill my family! I had to! Kong cries out, causing Mario to look up confused, staring at the creature that was currently going toe-to-toe -to -toe with his brother. The red shirt, the star-spangled baseball cap, it was... It was Diddy. Unfortunately, it was... It was Blanca. <laughs> it was a very bro... Why'd you say that name? <laughs> It was a very broken ditty as well, as Luigi had been putting the herd on him, bashing him across the body with a hammer. It was horrifying. Luigi, stop! Mario screams as Luigi continues to do battle with Diddy, who tried to put their best to put up a fight, but they could not compare to the superior Luigi. Luigi! Luigi! Mario cries out as Luigi lifts the hammer over his head, getting ready to crush Diddy underneath its mass. Our red-suited hero rushes over, attempting to stop his brother from bringing the hammer down, but unfortunately, he was too late. As Mario arrives, he sees the hammer firmly planted down, directly into the spine of Corporal D. Kong. Oops, sorry, General, as the next line says, the great general held his feral son underneath his weight, holding him tightly. His spine clearly broken, Kong tried his best to hold Diddy's tight to his body. It's okay, son. Donkey didn't care about the pain that his back was in. Oh, so his he name is Donkey. I guess it is Donkey. I was in a weird state when I wrote this, I could tell. <laughs> DK didn't care that he couldn't feel his legs. He didn't care that these were quite possibly his last few minutes on Earth. All he cared about was making sure his son was safe. Diddy continued to fight against his grasp until he finally saw the until finally the dilated pupils of the beast retracted as he looked up to see his father's fading eyes. D Daddy? Diddy says quite full anime protagonist voice. Diddy says quietly father? as he looks <laughs> He looks up to discover his father fading away. Seeing that his son was finally free of the curse, the proud sergeant general smiles as he holds his son tight for one last time. No, Dad, it's gonna be okay. You promised me. We go we go see a baseball game. <laughs> What was that song you always used to sing about me? <laughs> Kong smiles, remembering Diddy as a boy performing for his family. He's the leader oh, of the bunch. No, you know him this. well. He's finally back to <coughs> kick some tail. His coconut gun oh can fire God. and spurts 
Diddy cries out these lines as he and his father sing along. If he shoots you, it's gonna hurt. The duo laugh quietly at this line as Kong looks down at his son's body, which had grown hairy and large. He smirks before <laughs> remarking, You're bigger, faster, and stronger too. Kong laughs and begins to fall back against the earth as Diddy sobs over his body. Kong grabs his son by the hand before remarking, You're the new leader of the DK crew. Uh, what? Dad! No! No! Dad! No! Diddy sobs as his father's eyes slowly fade. Diddy cries out in pain as the rest of his family slowly approach and place a hand on their lost patriarch. I hate you so fucking much. D.K. Donkey Kong. D.K. Donkey Kong is here. Diddy's mother comments before <laughs> placing a finger against her son's heart. Where the fuck did the family come from? <laughs> they were also there. <laughs> He then smiles at, oh, I think it's because Bowser had kidnapped his whole family. But and they Diddy were all was, in the room at the time. Yeah. <laughs> he then smiles and reaches down to remove his father's custom army badge, which featured yellow lettering that read DK and clips it to his tie. The Kong family reunite one last time over the falling sergeant general when suddenly, blast! A gunshot rings from the shadows. Blast! A second, and a third. Blast! The Kongs were dropping like flies, but in their arms weren't bullets, but syringes, filled with that same mutative fluid that cost Diddy his father. Mario and Luigi back up in horror as the Kong family start to evolve before their very eyes, Diddy growing to the size of a massive gorilla, his red tie hanging from his neck, their mother growing into an old curmudgeonly ape, orangutans, monkeys, every type of simian appears before our heroes who are forced to watch as the Kongs devolve before their very eyes. And one thing was for sure, they wanted blood. Oh, so I guess Diddy isn't Diddy. Diddy is like OG Donkey Kong because he's got the tie. But he also had the hat. Well, he grew up. When you grow up, he got too big and he lost his hat. And he got a tie. He got a tie, as as every grown up has to do. You know, one day you got to put your hat up and put on a tie. Post credit scene. Two guards lie on the ground dead. Their bodies covered in the footprints of well over a dozen Yoshis who are now trained to obey the word of Princess Peach. The royal princess herself rushes down the hallway where she's greeted by none other than, ah fuck, he is in it, Saddam Bowser Hussein himself. Ah, congratulations, princess. You managed to escape my deepest, darkest dungeons. Very good work. Bowser was surprisingly calm during this exchange, even offering her a welcoming handshake. Wait, so that's it? It's over? The princess comments. Yes, and it's time for your final prize. He smiles as he gestures for two guards to open a nearby doorway. Well, what are you waiting for? Peach seems hesitant until she looks in the room and discovers a very familiar silhouette. The short chubby body, the large hat, the overalls, it... It was him. It was a her, Mario. She excitedly rushes over to him and embraces him, tears rolling down her face until she looked up into his eyes. His fucking eyes. 
They were dead, lifeless things, his face disfigured into some grotesque caricature of who Mario truly was. Who? Oh, who are you? She cries out, frozen in fear, as Bowser laughs maniacally. This creature, this Mario imposter, looks at her with a glint in his eyes before screaming out, I'm a Mario! I'm a number one! <laughs> So this was kind of the, uh, I would, I would call this the Empire Strikes Back of the, of the series. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's, is that what you would call it? <laughs> it's just got the, the dark ending, and now we gotta wait till when we do Doom 2003 starring Dwayne <laughs> Johnson to find out what happens next. Honestly, I'm upset, because I wrote it, but it was me in the past. Yeah. I'm, go you know, you, I'm glad. I'm glad it's not just me who's upset. <laughs> I'm glad you're upset. I, I feel like you. I, I, I feel like it should be like when you mash a puppy's face when they do a poop on the floor, and you go, "No, that's bad. You did that, and it wasn't good." <laughs> you don't like a father and son bonding before the patriarch's death by singing the DK rap. I want to die. <laughs> <laughs> well, keep that feeling. Hang don't, tight onto that. <laughs> Never let it go. <laughs> don't stop that feeling. Don't stop believing. Because next week, we're going to be joined by a special guest. We're going to be joined by Tanner. Of multiple podcasts, one of which is a is a Glee podcast, and Tanner wants to talk about Glee, <laughs> and yeah, you know the as a as a theater kid, I really should have experience with Glee, but I wasn't a musical theater kid, meaning I also am going to be upset next week. I think we're all going to be upset. But we're going to be talking about Glee, which means I get to sing random ass songs the whole time. So get ready for that. Come to you live next week. But until then, where can people find you on the M Bison? They'll come searching for, to Twitter, searching for a madman. But they'll find a god at Meg <laughs> underscore danger. And you can find me on American Twitter, a.k.a. Parlor. No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on American Twitters at Scottimo, S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O, or find me on Grinder at Kyle Bison. <laughs> Kyle Bison? <laughs> That's right, I took his last name in the marriage and never gave it back. <laughs> oh, this is my uh, Street Fighter OC, Kyle Bison. Um, you know, he's totally original, don't steal. He is the son of Guile and M. Bison, and so he has all of their powers. He's very big and strong in American muscle, mate. Also, listen to the weird, the actual play TTRPG podcast, where we do kind of have our own Zangief. We do. His name is <laughs> Russian Jim. <laughs> <laughs> I want to try to, like, on the next time we go to the Void in, in Universe, try to buy Street Fighter at the Void and have him just be like, yes, these characters are not inspired by any real-life people. You're correct. <laughs> uh, but you can find that at jointheweird.com or on Twitter at jointheweird. It's the show where me and Megan play agents of the government 
and we kill ghosts or shit. I don't know. It's better than that, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to Best Day for the music that tells you, oh, oh, uh-oh, it's podcast time. Oh, no, podcast time. Oh, no. My favorite, my favorite <laughs> literature podcast. Fuck you. <laughs> and, and then it also lets you know, podcast no more. Podcast no more, my child. My favorite 90s band. <laughs> I need to take a time at all. <laughs> if, you like it's, if you like the way it sounds, you can hear more things like it at soundcloud.com slash best hyphen day. And you can uh, pick up. Oh, you, it happened. <laughs> Suddenly, my headache is gone now by the curative <laughs> powers of our brand new merch item. <laughs> It, it it finally happened the the sin Deadpool home uh, multiverse of madness fast it's all there on the website and I'm upset because I Fast and the Furious presents Spi- Spider Man multiverse Spider-Man. of madness yeah but it's the Spider Man from the Sam Raimi film yes <laughs> it is that thought spider-man multiverse of madness no way home to sin get deadpool home featuring morbius it's so good the upsetting part is that i did a decent job on it to a point where when my mom saw it and my mom doesn't really listen to the show so she doesn't get the joke is just like yeah i thought it looked real sharp son and i'm like no it shouldn't it should not look good mother i have committed a crime <laughs> mommy put me in jail please <laughs> <laughs> you can get it at merch.loadofpurebs.com or you can support the show at patreon.com slash loadofbs where you can get the show as soon as it's getting done edited and put it up live and you don't have to wait till the next Thursday and you can get that at Patreon and also uh, you paid for this which is the show where me and my co-host Blake Tanner not Megan watch bad movies and commentate over them although I may invite you on to do Street Fighter because yeah. God, just talking <laughs> shit about Street Fighter the whole time would be so good. God, that fucking boat scene just <laughs> destroyed me, dude. <laughs> they won't be able to see us. We will cloak. Please ignore giant wave of ocean coming up to your castle in Bison. It's simply American wind cycles blowing up the winds. Oh, you speak with uh, such an interesting American accent, Guile. Oh, so do you, M. Bison. (laughs) (laughs) What's that? Oh, hello, it is me, Chun Li. (laughs) We are all here in the same room together. You all have very silly accents, Zangief says before he leaves the room. 